There's nothing wrong with your podcast app. Do not attempt to adjust your audio. We are controlling the transmission. What's that, boy? We're in control? Hey, look! I can see my voice! (laughs) This is my voice on podcasts. Dad, you're ruining the mood. Sorry. For the next half hour, we will control what you see and hear. You are about to experience the terror and foul horror of the Soul of Detroit Halloween Special. You ass in a rug and the truck out of my face. It's gone. What are, you doing? what are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Elric? Hello, my good friends. It's your old pal, ML Elric. And this is technically our second Halloween horror show. Uh, last week, we talked to Detroit city clerk janice winfrey about voting in detroit which was is pretty scary i mean that's when you think about it that's something that'll keep you up at night but uh, if, if you missed that you can find it uh at our website or itunes on any of those other great places but uh but we are back this week to talk about horror movies and favorite halloween movies and scary stuff like that with our very special guest lee thomas the and I'm not sure I should have asked you about this before, Lee. Are you the film yeah. critic, the movie critic? Do you uh, yep. opine on the cinema? How do you prefer to describe <laughs> yourself? Uh, you just call me a movie dude. I, I can <laughs> I can run down the resume quickly if you'd like. But yeah, Fox Two, I cover movies. I'm also a movie critic with the uh, Critics Choice Awards, uh, African American Film Critics Association, a member of SAG AFTRA, all that stuff. So you don't tell people that you know that you uh, you study film. You're not uh, you're not one of the egghead guys who says uh, I'm I'm uh, I just saw a wonderful uh, uh, new French movie where nobody talks and there was a clown who cried through the whole thing. That's not your scene. That's your speed. That was a that was a good movie, ML. No, 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 that's <laughs> totally totally not my deal, man. I'm just a dude who loved movies his whole career. I started interviewing celebrities. And my first job in 1991, and I just have covered Hollywood ever since. I started reviewing movies specifically because those guys would talk about a movie for four to six minutes. And at the end of their soliloquy, I'd have no idea if they liked the movie or not. And I knew a bunch of them. And I'm like, I saw you sleeping in that movie. And yet you said all of that. So I, I just say I'm a guy who likes movies and I give my opinion, but everybody has a valid opinion when it comes to movies. Lee, do you ever get to vote in a, any kind of an award show? Absolutely. Uh, the African-American Film Critics Award Show, I vote in that. Uh, there's also there's two different ones for those. There's documentaries and features. Uh, also, the Critics' Choice Awards, which used to be the Broadcast Film Critics Association, the Critics' Choice Awards, I go to that every year, and uh, I vote in that every year. That's probably the biggest one. The Critics' Choice Awards is probably the most popular what, one. What I've f- been a part of that since almost the beginning of that uh, the group. What film has used a blurb of yours in their print ad? Probably the largest. Uh, w- the one film that made me the most proud, it was a Denzel Washington movie called Hurricane. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I thought that movie was... Uh, was historic. It was magical. I thought it was a slice of history that needed to be uh, shined a spotlight on. And so I think I made the poster for that one, which oh, uh, cool. 
which was nice. Did it say historical, magical? Lee Thomas, Fox 2. Said better than a fart in the wind. <laughs> that des- that <laughs> describes of my quotes. Yeah, that, that <laughs> I describes what he said, but I remember it was a Denzel movie. And I'm like, oh man, I made it, baby. Yeah. I'm here. That that covers everything but Denzel's movie Carbon Copy with George Siegel back in uh, the early '80s, which which was worse than a fart in the wind, I think. But uh, are we talking about the one where he had a son and didn't know it? Yeah, and then they try and take some guys on in the park playing basketball, and George Siegel's like, oh, my son here, we're going to kill you guys. And they end up getting smoked by two fat guys who take his last 20 bucks off him or something. But uh, I love that movie, man, because yeah. Denzel was playing him the whole time, ended oh, up yeah. being a very smart guy on the way to a scholarship. And the yeah. moral of the story is don't judge a book by its cover. Love that movie. Yeah, no, it actually was a pretty good movie. That was one of the movies that came out right after we got Cable, and we're going to talk about some of the other movies that came ah. out shortly after I got Cable. So I watched that one like 20 times because, you know, it's a movie, Me too. A Me movie too. on the TV at your house. It's like, what the hell is this, man? Uh, What's wh- going on? <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, wow, a movie in a building with other people and big chairs. What the hell is this? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. But- hand a kid a VHS tape ML and see what they do with it. <laughs> oh, well, I know what they'll do. It. They'll, they'll do it to try and prop up their Xbox, you know, because uh, <laughs> or they'll use it as a coaster with for the energy drink now that they're trying to get that eSports scholarship. But, uh, but right. But Lee is brought to us this week by our our, uh, our sponsor, uh, Royal Brian Ford. If you're looking for a new ride, service repairs, or even a top-notch oil change, Royal Bride O'Brien Ford is the place to go. My mom bought a Ford Focus wagon there. It's fire engine red because my mom's still pretty groovy. And 108,000 miles later, she's still a satisfied customer. I should correct this. It's now 108,100 miles since oh, last week. Right. Yeah, She's not right. alone, though. Royal Brian has been taking care of customers for nearly 75 years from the corner of Nine Mile and Mac. If you don't quite feel like taking the right track to Nine and Mac, as they say, go to RoyO'Brien.com and check out Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle and options. But that's not all. You can pick your deal. Lease, finance, or cash, get the value of your trade-in, apply for financing, and schedule delivery of your ride. If you go in person, Royal Brian Ford is serious about protecting you and their employees. I've been to the dealership. In fact, I just did a show from the front seat of an F-150, and I can tell you they're taking every measure to protect your health while you explore your options. To learn more, visit RoyalBrian.com or call 888-566-5851. And be sure to tell them ML's mom's son <laughs> sent you. They, they, they'll know. They'll know who you're talking. They'll figure about. it out. <laughs> but uh, joining us with Lee is uh, Sean Windsor dialing in from remote. We're going to have Matt Jennings on a little bit later with uh, this week in soft history. And of course, Joe Zuver is the one who somehow pulls this all together. And we appreciate you joining us late, folks. I'm sorry we got a late start. I uh, I left uh, some stuff at home. We had to we had to reconstitute it, and we're ready to go and if you're listening to us on facebook or watching us on facebook remember you're only getting a portion of the show if you want to get the full show including room 609 and some great stuff on the back end you've got to download it at itunes stitcher uh spotify google wherever you find quality listening and this show but uh <laughs> but lee you know i i, I used to love um working late on Fridays at Fox two, because I had that kind of office in the back. It was like a murder room. Nobody really knew what was going on in there. But when I would open the door, I would see critically speaking going on in studio. Is it B? I'm, I'm oh, never a studio. A. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you know, it was always a great way to start my weekend because I don't get out to very many movies, but by the time I was in my car, I was like, okay, if I can sneak out this weekend, I know what I'm going to go to. And and I've always really appreciated your very um, 
straightforward take on movies and 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 the you don't put on any airs you know it's not uh i don't know if i've ever even heard you pronounce a french word in there um when you're talking about <laughs> even about french movies but it's 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 that kind of sensibility that i think we're looking for these days because it's you know going to a movie used to be pretty expensive now you may risk your life so so yeah. uh so thanks for everything you're doing over there at fox too and and still I remember when we used to have movie critics at every station and I think there were two at some yeah. places and the newspapers had a couple and yep. now it's Lee, man. You're the, your last man standing, keeping lonely guard <laughs> out hard there. Hard to come by these days, man. Yeah. And I, and I, I grew my respect for this, uh, the, the hard way, you know, I came up, like I said, covering entertainment. And so because of that, I had the opportunity to mix and mingle with some of the best. So I worked in New York at a very young age and I worked with Joel Siegel, who was a very, oh, yeah. very well-known national movie reviewer on good morning america and when i went to i would travel as well and go to movies and i ran into siskel and ebert who by the way did not sit together uh in the theater nor did they leave or come together in the theater even though we all saw the same movie but it gave me uh a respect for a show that i loved which was siskel and ebert i also met gene shallot as well so all these guys had an influence on me watching what they were doing and going Ah, uh, you know how you watch somebody you respect a lot and go, yeah, but you didn't do this and but you didn't do that. So I said, if I was ever in the position, I would adapt some of what they do. And then I would kind of give my own spin to it. To me, I'm truly the every man. I, I, I approach broadcasting like that. It should be like it should be like a conversation uh, and that like I'm talking to my boys about movies and then they get to talk to me as well because I, I don't think my opinion is the end all beat all. So I ask other critics to come on as well. So I appreciate you you recognizing the work that goes into putting that thing together because, you know, I write that whole show and it's ad libbed a lot, but a lot of it is in the prompter as well. So it takes a little bit of work to make make that one happen. Well, if you're you watching TV point? and it looks easy. <laughs> That just tells you how good the person is who's doing it, because I can tell you, as someone who never really mastered it, TV is some hard shit, man. Hey, Lee. It, it really is. It really is, guys. And uh, the one thing that I, I will always remember that Joel Siegel told me uh, after he yelled at me a couple of times um, <laughs> was that you have to respect all of the people, usually 150 to up to 300 people that it took to make a movie and respect that that is their livelihood. This is the way they make a living and feed their family. So if you're going to blast a movie, blast a movie on its merits of filmmaking and storytelling and never attack the individual or the person because nobody, uh, nobody should be defined by one single film or one single moment on film. So uh, I tried to adapt that and try to have a healthy respect for the biz. Okay. Well, to that point, before we dive into some of the Halloween horror movies, what is maybe your least favorite celebrity interview that you've ever done? One that maybe went awry or just, you couldn't get anything out of it. What, who are some of the, your least favorite interviews since you've interviewed so many of the uh, celebrities? Yeah, uh, I got I got a few of them. Oh, um, good. Fire away. Uh, yeah, well, the first one is um, the Judd sister. Is it Ashley Judd? The one that didn't sing. Is it Ashley Judd? It's Ashley, yeah, yeah. yeah she almost Ashley ran Judd. for the Ashley Senate, Judd. Right? So, the star of Double Jeopardy. Right, right, right. And uh, so I interviewed her. And a time to kill, I, I, I was pretty young. I was in my mid-20s. I was, I was in between. I was running over there to do this interview. Uh, because I was actually uh, there to interview a bigger star in that movie. It was Harvey Keitel because I was living in New York, working in New York. Harvey Keitel is a big New York guy. I was there for him, 
but the big publicists say you also have to interview this other person. And so the, before I got Harvey, I got to interview her. And so I sit down and my first question, because at that time she was not famous, <laughs> I say, um, you know, why didn't you become a singer? And she goes, well, I'm an actress. And I go, well, your mom's a singer, your sister's a singer. Yeah. And you, you could easily just went right into the singing business, you know, thinking I'm having a it's fair question. You, Easy, easy question, right? Yeah. The, the one you have to ask for the audience when you first interview this woman. She goes, she turns to me and goes, well, what does your dad do? And I go, well, my dad's an officer in the military. So what does your mom do? Well, you don't bring up my mama, first of all. But anyway, I say, my mom is a, a nurse aide. And she goes, well, you're not a nurse's aide and you're not in the military, are you? In a really nasty way. Oh, and, I'm, and I was sitting there going, I don't, hey, it. And so I just go, you know what? You don't really want to talk to me and that's fine. So I took off my microphone and I set it down <laughs> and, uh, and I walked, but me walking was W A B C and all of the ABC affiliates walking out the door. Oh. So her publicist made her find me in the green room and apologize. Cause I still had to go wait for Harvey Keitel and she came to apologize. And uh, the apology was insincere, but <laughs> Not a, not two years later, I interviewed her again when she was more famous and uh, no recollection. I walk in the room and she treated me nice as could be. No recollection. Anything ever happened. Oh, man. I would have asked you yep. the same question the next time. <laughs> <laughs> why, why didn't you just say before I was a movie critic, I was a doctor in the Navy, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, because right. I like my job, you yeah. know, I was getting paid a black man, <laughs> entertainment reporter, one of three at the time in the whole country. And I just needed to keep my job. So who are some of the others? I, I had one that I'll, I'll share if, if, if my co-hosts allow me. Yeah, to. God, yeah. They, Go they, for they, it, they've man. They've been beating up a Wait, lot. I mean, lately, but. <laughs> <laughs> should I say, uh, I say there, co-defendants, <laughs> but uh, who, who, who was the second worst, Lee? Well, I got, I got, uh. Well, oh my God, Harvey Keitel is the worst person to interview ever. I won't, I won't do the long story unless you guys want it. Was it? What was the movie, by the way? Was it the same one, or did you, you have Harvey another Keitel, experience uh, with him I'm that was sorry. bad? No, no, I'm sorry, not Harvey Keitel, not Harvey Keitel. I'm sorry, um, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, Tommy oh, really? Lee Jones is the worst person to interview ever, and he's a very intelligent man, but he's the worst person to interview ever. Um, oh, he. Uh, I said that he was he was Al Gore's roommate when they yeah. went to college, and the inspiration for Love Story was Al Gore, right? Isn't Tommy has confirmed that, didn't he? Uh, he didn't confirm anything to me. As a matter <laughs> of fact, it went sour. I sat down and I go, "Oh my god!" You know, I was excited to talk to him. Al Gore's your roommate. You guys, do you guys still keep in touch? What is the relationship? What what is it like? What is it like now? And who could have known that both you guys would go this far in life? And he goes, "Yeah, he was my roommate. What do you got next?" Oh, and I go, I was like, I thought I was going to get a good story. And I looked down at my notes and I go, he was your roommate, wasn't he? He goes, yep. And he, he goes, is that all you got, kid? And I was, <laughs> I literally looked at the cameraman like help or, yeah. or what do I do now? You're looking in the, and next the cameraman shrugs his shoulders like this is what you get. Uh, so I go, I go, tell me about your character and let my three minutes or four minutes I had with the guy burn. Wow. You, you didn't look in every outhouse, doghouse, hen house for the next question. I, <laughs> I mean, if, if my next question to anything in depth about him was, I wasn't going to get it. Yeah. Oh, so if yeah. He, he's obligated, contractually obligated to talk about the movie. Right. So obviously that's where he went. 
So I, I could go on. This guy is terrible. So years later, <laughs> every time I have to interview him, it, all of the reporters feel the same way. So I'm sitting in a line years later to interview him for for uh, one of the it wasn't one of the men in black movies. It was one movie he did with him and a group of girls it was like the sheriff or something. It, it was not that it was OK movie. And so we we're sitting outside going, you have to ask Harvey Keitel a question and you have to sit there and wait for him to answer it. And the person that sits there the longest wins and we'll, <laughs> we'll all buy you lunch. Uh, the other reporters from Sacramento, the guy from Chicago, guy from Milwaukee, we all agree. I asked him a question and he literally did not answer the question and did not say a word or move for seven seconds. It was the longest seven seconds ever. Yeah. And I just sit there nodding my head like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then I couldn't take it. The guy who won last 18 seconds, the guy from Sacramento <laughs> lasted 18 seconds. I don't know how he did it. Well, there's not but, that uh, much going on in Sacramento. Difficult. So was he always that way, do you think? Or did he just kind of become a big timer? I think he's always that way and still is that way. And now people just don't. Like, if I get an offer to interview him, I will, uh, I'll pass interviewing those celebrities that's kind of a tough gig especially when it's a junket and they're doing a bunch back to back to back because they come up with one story that they want to share and they never really alter it from interview interview to interview and so i I think asking people personal questions are it's a little bit off the beaten path but it might get them to open up i don't know why he would bristle at it either one walk the line with asking a personal question without being incendiary or you know or digging too deep or salacious and it's it's really a fine line sometimes you walk you're getting ready to walk in the publicist goes like um walking in to interview brief bruce willis about the first nc-17 movie i forgot what it was the name of it but he had a scene in it with a young lady that was much younger than him and the publicist says no questions on nc-17 and i'm like huh how can you not want to ask about so I asked Willis a question, Bruce Willis, who's great, who rec- you know, kind of recognized me a little bit when I walked in the door. And I say, man, this, this movie's getting a lot of attention. He goes, oh boy, is it? And I go, you can talk about whatever you want. I'm just saying, I don't know how you handle this much attention before the movie, before people have even seen it. He gave me every answer that I wanted. And at the end of the interview, when they stopped rolling, I only had like five minutes. I lean in and I said, you didn't have to answer that, but thank you for doing that. And he's like, you asked me the right way. And I'm like, dude, you're awesome. And then I, you know, put the answer on the feed for everybody to use. That's cool. So I, I was an intern at the Detroit Free Press back in 1990, and I had to interview um, Jeff Daniels. I was in the features department, and Jeff nice was guy. Yeah, he, the best. well, I I believe that's true. But uh, he was <laughs> he was on the way up. Uh, he had I think done uh-huh. uh, Purple Rose of Cairo, and it was for arachnophobia. So back then you'd get tickets to go see it. You'd watch it and then you'd do the interview. Mm-hmm. So I watched the movie, but I was not terribly prepared for this, um, this, this interview. I was kind of a hard news guy. I was in the features department. Now I'm interviewing a movie star who I'd kind of heard from people who knew him when he was at central, that he was kind of uh, thought he was the cock of the block. And he had a little crew that used to swagger all over Mount Pleasant. And so I get the interview. It's Friday. It's like five o'clock it's satellite. So he's been doing interviews all day. I'm not super prepared. Back at that time, I used to wear a bow tie every day and stuff. Oh, and that's nice, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, if I knew, <laughs> if I knew then what I know now, I, I wouldn't have been a virgin so long. But, um, <laughs> but I, I, got to, uh, I got to the interview, and the problem is it was one of these things where, and I, I don't know if you used to have to do these 
back then, but they take you to a room in some PR place and it's, it's a nondescript room. There's a TV, there's you and there's a delay. So it's like a transatlantic call. So every time we sort of got a little momentum going, there was a hitch and you couldn't tell, did somebody understand the question? Are they pausing? Are they whatever? So we start off, and the first thing he says to me is, um, "Is well, I hope this is better than that idiot in Orlando. And I thought, <laughs> oh, shit, this is not going to be a good day. And I knew I wasn't really prepared. So then, um, then he says, uh, nice bow tie. And I said, yeah, my mom got it for me. And I was trying to be funny. <laughs> but because there's a delay, you know, all comedy is lost in the delay. And so uh, he's like, yeah, okay. So it's just terrible. I'm talking to him. And, and then uh, I was like, well, you know, do you see yourself at some point trying to do uh, uh, something more serious? Like uh, when Bill Murray tried to do Razor's Edge, you know, and he's like, he's, he's like, where's this question coming from? What's he's like, no, I'm not. And he was just really salty the whole time. And by the time the interview was over, I just felt like one of those guys who completely gets undressed by a big star. And I was like, God, I glad that's over. But, uh, but some of it was me. Some of it was a long day, but I remember getting out right. of there and thinking, I got to get a drink. Jeff Daniels just tore the <laughs> shit out of me, man. He didn't I like my Sam, bow tie. Sam Jackson, uh, what the L and Samuel L Jackson stands for. Oh. And he goes, did you not read anything about me? Oh. And I go, Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> I remember there were a few, uh, in the Drew and Mike days that we had one was, uh, if anybody knows who Tara Patrick is, um, an adult star. Yeah. With the guy from rancid, right? Yeah. Evan Seinfeld. That's funny. Yeah. Why didn't he say, uh, ask me about L again. That would have been a great answer. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have probably passed out if he did, man. (laughs) That guy's intimidating. Tara Patrick though. They sent this whole package. We went through it. We read it all. The interview starts and she's like, that's not me. That's not me. And just was a total, just not a very nice person, so much so that the publicist ended up calling back later and apologizing for sending the wrong packet. So she went through a whole string of 10 oh interviews my God, that's terrible. where they had sent the wrong information out. I know Dave Navarro walked, uh, you know, called back and apologized because he went off. And um, the one that kills me is MCA from Beastie Boys was an interview that was so bad. We oh, never, man, I love those guys. I, he's, and he's great, and he's, but he was such a bad interview and so... Um, confrontational. We never ran it. It was just that oh, wow. bad. Wow, yeah. it was that uh, bad, huh? It was awful, and it breaks my heart because I love that band. So, yeah, man. I, uh, I I went to interview the cast of a uh, nine, uh, nah, not nine hundred two and the OC. Remember that show, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. the OC? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so one of the, one of the guys in the OC was a former child star. I forget he played the one of the fathers though, and so. Uh, I'm sitting in there and all the publicists, I know all the Fox publicists, I've been there forever at that time, still there forever for that matter. But they come in the room and say, hey, we got such and such. We need somebody to interview him now. They go, Lee, you go in there because they knew I had, you know, been doing it for a while. I should be okay. And they plop me down in front of the guy. And I realize I have no idea who the guy is. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And I've watched the show. So I asked my first question about, you know, I say, so your character does. Uh, does this on the show because I thought okay it's this guy and I asked the question and he goes nope he doesn't do that at all and I go well does he do this he goes nope he doesn't do that either and he goes what does he he do you have no idea who I am do you and I go I'm sorry I don't (laughs) oh that sucks that sounds like a bigger problem for him than for you right question is really simple I said head or gut 
He goes, what do you mean? I said, head or gut, man. You get a free shot. That's the way me and my boys used to do it. You get one free shot. And he starts laughing and goes, I play the dad. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there it is. And I went to my dad notes real quick. And, woo. and fortunately, he took it with humor. But uh, I, I forget the guy's name, but he was a, he was a famous child star that ended up playing dad roles. Is it Peter uh, Gallagher? Anyway, Peter Gallagher? What's his name? Was Peter Gallagher the guy with the big eyebrows? Was that the dad in the OC? No, no, that's not him. I got, I got to look it up. I'll tell you while while you guys are talking. Yeah, no, that that's one of those things. I would think, you know, because there's a power dynamic in these interviews, and I really felt in the Jeff Daniels interview that that he was Tate he was, Donovan. Tate Donovan. Tate yeah, Donovan. Okay. Okay. Tate Donovan. So I, I felt that Jeff was a star, and I was nothing, which obviously was completely wrong. But uh, <laughs> but if if you're a, if you're an established critic and you get into an interview with somebody and you don't know who he is, he should be more worried about. Boy, I got to I got to make Lee happy because Lee's been around. I'm just some jackass. Nobody knows who I am. I better I better up my game because otherwise this seat's going to get cold and I'm never going to be in it again. But God, man, um, I had a I had a bad one with a guy that lost the, he lost eighty pounds and didn't want to talk about it. You ever see the movie Moneyball? Yeah, yeah, Jonah Hill. <laughs> Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill. So Brad Pitt doesn't show up. So Jonah Hill has to do all the interviews. And this is the first movie since he lost like sixty or eighty pounds. So I sit down. I go, Hey, man, good to talk to you again. Uh, you you lost a lot of weight. How's it going? He goes, I uh, was on a diet. I uh, exercised and I lost weight. And I said, yeah, but you lost a a bit, 80 pounds. Is that all you did? Or did you have some specific kind of diet? He goes, I was on a diet. I lost 80 pounds and I exercised. And I'm like, so that's, that's all you're going to say is that you want to elaborate a little more? He goes, nope. Wow. And I'm like, wow. I thought that guy was funny. Yeah. And then I, 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 my interview with him. And after that I go, okay, I'll just ask you about the movie. I said, tell me about your character. He answered it. I said, thanks. Bye. And I left. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's when you say to him, well, there's two differences between you and Seth Rogen. Seth is funny and he's not a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said to myself, I'm the only dude in Detroit that does this and I can either air the interview or not air the interview. And he said something that was shows who he is. And then he said something else. That's all I need is two sound bites. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. Well, so we, wow. we, we, we brought you on to talk about horror movies, but we're getting horror stories. So it's kind of, we're, we're kind of, <laughs> we're kind of sticking to the theme. Up, man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we're all having, now we're all getting triggered, but, uh, but Halloween is just around the corner. And, um, and, uh, you and I were talking a little bit about, about favorite scary movies. And I think we share mm-hmm. a favorite scary movie, which would be for me, the original Halloween, which I think you, yes. you got at the top of your list too, right? It's at the top of my list. And for multiple reasons, um, first of all, because it's the first movie that scared the shite out of me. <laughs> I mean, it, it well, really did sure. because for me, a horror movie has to be kind of grounded in reality. And, you know that there could be, there's always that one house on the block with that one guy that never speaks to nobody. You see him watering his lawn sometimes at night and you're like, what is that dude? So Mike Myers was that guy for me. Um, and so when I saw that movie and plus Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. was hot then, she's oh, hot yeah. now, she always will be. Um, and so that movie just stood out to me. And then there's like 10 movies later, Jamie Lee Curtis comes back and they do another Halloween in 2018 and that movie was good, too. So it's a twofer for me. I know there are 11 movies. There's another one coming out in 2021. But for Halloween, those two films is a good example of what a good horror movie is. It's based in some kind of reality that you can latch on to more so than just, you know, 
some made up clown or I don't know. Uh, I just need a little bit of realism that can be plausible in a horror movie for it to work for me. And those two movies uh, work for me. Well, to that point, I would say for me, it's the exorcist. Uh, maybe, maybe it's the Catholic, maybe it's the Catholic upbringing, but the exorcist was so freaky. I just assume that's based in some kind of reality. Is that, is that up there on your list? Oh, absolutely. It's the, it's, that's actually number two on my, my list. Number one is Halloween. Number two is the exorcist. Number three, the shining. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Because that guy just completely well, Jack Nicholson so is Johnny. I, I just mean, want a just, painting like the one in Scatman's motel room. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what, that's, yeah, that's what I'm like, that, that black mean, velvet are, painting. Those, those are, are awesome. Top three horror films, man. Good, good, good pick on that one. How about The Omen? Yeah, see, The Omen. I no? didn't. I, that, You've been yeah. warmed. <laughs> my, my brother was more of an Omen type dude. Okay. Now, how do you separate horror from suspense? Because the two of the best ones lately in the most recent years is Jordan Peele doing uh, get out and us. I thought us was really good. Um, but oh both- man, I thought that movie's terrible. Oh, you didn't like us. Really? I thought the movie was okay. Can we debate this for a moment? Sure. May we? May we? Sure. Cause usually when I debate people on this, their mind changes. Okay. Were there no police in the whole town? Number one, no. nobody owned a gun in the whole town. Nobody. No, no they didn't know. And then the hands across America thing was a feeble (laughs) attempt at what? I don't even, well, I didn't like the hands across America campaign when it was out. And then they kind of tried to reconstitute it for this horror movie. And I, I just didn't understand it. Well, maybe as a participant in hands across America, which I was, believe it or not, uh, maybe just my bad. Sorry about that. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. I don't know. I, I did find it to be a little bit, predictable but I, it's just something okay maybe individually the scenes but Peter are, Nyong'o's performance is awesome yeah Winston I, Duke's performance awesome and the, the performances girl, yeah. were great the script needed a lot of work get out on the other hand now that is a fantastic film do you consider, do you those, consider that a horror movie yeah. uh, sorry Mark no same question do you to consider me, that a horror it, movie yeah to me that's more of a suspense thriller than a horror film um, because a horror horror films to me uh I know it has to do with blood and gore, but usually it has to do with some kind of supernatural entity. Mm, okay. Uh, so, and it can be, it can be ridiculous or it can be plausible. And if you base it in reality, some kind of witchcraft voodoo, if you base it in some kind of reality, it has more legs to me. If it's just some guy that, you know, all of a sudden has a pumpkin head and can fly. <laughs> Uh, okay, you got to give me more than that. How about you got to give me more than that? How about Scream? I thought the Scream franchise was it started off well yeah. because it was new, it was fresh, and it was different. And if you can get the, my my bar for films is entertain me. Don't have me go into the movie and going if this whole thing is a dream at the end, like I did for <laughs> Inception, totally different genre. Yes. If this whole thing's a dream at the end, I'm done. I said that 10 minutes into Inception. I'm like, oh my God, it was. That's DiCaprio, right? It's one of my favorite yeah, movies like, of all okay. time. Yeah. Christopher I, Nolan. A lot of people think yeah. it's the best movie of all time. I love Good it. movie, not the best. Just, not the just best. be careful when you're talking. Mark was also in Up With People, so we got to we gotta steer clear of any shots at Up With People. Up, maybe. maybe. Up with People. You mean wherever you go. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Take it away, Mark. Yeah, yeah he, he was on the top of the pyramid, so I was a while ago. <laughs> like helping people. They, they threw him up in the air, and hu- it was a lot of hugs. That was pre-COVID, so... Uh, that's no, the hey, one good thing about COVID-19. 
no up with people in COVID-19. So that's, that's, there's, there's a silver lining we've been looking for for six months. Uh, up with people did perform at a halftime. I just want to point that out. So of a Super did. Bowl, of a Super Bowl. Yeah. I think they came Lee, to my Lee. high school. So, so hey, much Lee, for the, I have a quick, oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. Just, I just have a quick question for you, Lee. What do you think of Mike asking Jeff Daniels if he'd ever been in a serious movie after he'd already been in Terms of Endearment? <laughs> Yeah, that, that was a tough one. Uh, that's the one thing I've learned going into interview celebrities is that you don't assume anything beyond your knowledge. So if you don't know, don't even bring up the subject because I've done that before and it never goes well. Also, all the stuff he had done when he moved to New York and went to Broadway, he considered serious work as well, especially those Broadway actors take the craft seriously. So if you throw them a, you're just a, you know, famous dude who struck it rich in Hollywood kind of thing where he just got this role out of luck. They get offended. Yeah. I think, I think I owe that that guy in Orlando owes me a beer. Cause I definitely was worse than that idiot from Orlando. And the, and the oh, terms of, terms of endearment came out after arachnophobia, Mr. Windsor, but that's, it came out in 1980. <laughs> it came out in 1983. I think arachnophobia was in the, the nineties, something wild though, which to me oh, is a great, great movie. movie. The first time we ever saw Ray Liotta, that was in the late eighties, which was, Kind of a fun noir type, so that was semi-serious too. But go ahead. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Windsor is correct. I believe, and I think I'm just from my recollection. I think he's right. Well, uh, that's the first time. No ever said that. I'm just, I guess the story is 30 years later. I still don't know shit about Jeff Daniels. I should probably keep. <laughs> but I did, lose the bow tie. British, I did lose the yeah, bow tie. I did lose the bow tie. So there's I'm some progress. You, you walk out of that interview. <laughs> And your life is the same. You you still busted down doors. You won your awards. You did your thing. So, you know, it's just stuff that happened in the past. And what happened to Jeff Daniels after that? Guy disappeared. So take totally, that. Totally gone. Chelsea. Yeah. What, yeah. what story were you going to share, Lee? What were you? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, I, had to, I had a guy, uh, one of my good friends out of Atlanta who doesn't do this anymore. He went into real estate and makes a lot more money. <laughs> uh, but he, he, he was a... Uh, he interviewed Snoop Dogg for Starsky and Hutch right before I interviewed Snoop Dogg. Oh and he, he comes out of the room, face white as a sheet, and goes, oh, my God, what did I just do? And I go, what did you say? And they're like, they, you know how they'll stop the room and go, we need a second here. Give us yeah. a couple minutes. Uh, Snoop, Snoop needs a second. And I go, what did you say? He goes, I said, I said to one of his answers, I said, for shizzle my nizzle. Oh. And Snoop Dogg looked at me and pointed at me and said, you can't say nizzle. Nizzle is the <laughs> N-word for anybody who doesn't right. know it. So he just said nizzle to Snoop Dogg. And so I said, I told him what nizzle was. And he goes, oh, my God, I just said that. To <laughs> he was a white guy. He said, oh, my God, I just said that to Snoop Dogg. I go, yeah, man, but don't worry about it because Snoop knows that you didn't know that you just said that. He, he sits down. And he's petrified. So I go in the room and I say, Snoop, my dude from Atlanta is upset. He goes, ain't no thing. Ain't no thing. He goes, L-I-G. I, see, I said, what? He said, tell him L-I-G. Let it I go. Said, okay. He goes, let it go. Yeah. I am moved on. I'm so, like, okay. Now I got a great interview from him. So, uh, Mark, get, get the bell ready. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when, when we were doing all the Kwame Kilpatrick stories, there used to be a website, Shizzleate This Shit, where you could take stuff and put it in, and it would translate into what Snoop would say. And we yeah. had some of the, the craziest headlines that would come out of that, because you'd put just a standard headline and be like, Fools and bristles, you know, don't blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what right. does that mean? I mean, it was, <laughs> I don't know what happened to that website, but it was, we just spent hours just taking this serious stuff and put it into it and saying, oh, thank God, Snoop, because we're about to lose our mind. And now we get a little, a little comic relief out of it. But, uh, oh, that's great. That is great. Lee, I wanted to ask you. So, uh, when it comes to, you know, like horror movies and directors, um, 
do you like like the old ones? I mean, we didn't even mention Alfred Hitchcock, who is just the best at suspense. But then there's like, what do you think about Night of the Living Dead, which is the first zombie movie? George uh, Romero directed it. George Romero. It seems kind of old now. For me, especially back then, I was not into horror movies. So Carpenter's probably, Mm -hmm. and I know that's still Halloween, but uh, he's probably the guy that I'd say, man, this guy really bases these things in something I can attach to. George Romero kind of missed me. The zombie thing kind of missed me. And it still does. I don't, I'm not big on zombie stuff. Unless it's a good story. Yeah. Like World War Z, I thought was a great story. Uh, I could, I just saw one called Love and Monsters that just came out a couple weeks ago uh, that has to do with the zombie apocalypse. I like it because it's a great story. So if you just throw zombies in there, and I, I, I haven't seen Night of the Living Dead, and I probably never will. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, if I had to say an old school horror guy that I latched onto, it's probably John Carpenter. Well, one of the things I really liked about that first Halloween movie, other than Jamie Lee Curtis and the fact it was on cable so we could watch it a hundred times, but mm-hmm. I don't remember any real blood in it. I remember a lot of suspense. I remember a lot of those, you know, what's behind the door. I remember a lot of those, oh, don't kill the, the cute cheerleader. And I think I think the German Shepherd died in that one. I I, I don't like any movie where, where animals or children die, but it was, right, right. It was really scary. And, and Donald Pleasance was awesome, man. I mean, he was... He was that sort of driven guy who had devoted his life to try and bottle up evil. I mean, there was so many good things going on in there where it wasn't just like, and I, I know I'm, I'm out of my depth now talking about Saw, but my sense about a, Saw, a movie like Saw is if you don't want to see a bunch of guts flying around and a bunch of torture, right? You know, I, I, to me, that, that, does, that, that seems like a cop-out from storytelling and building suspense. And it just becomes a gross-out movie, and I'm not interested in that. Well, I, I agree. I completely agree because once you start for shock value, shock for shock value doesn't do anything for me. You put a good story around it and the shock is even more visceral. Uh, a, a movie that I like because when it when he turns, it just turns. And that's Bram Stoker's Dracula. You remember that one? That was like early 90s. Is Gary Oldman? Uh, yeah. Gary Oldman. Sure. I, I think Keanu Reeves is in it as yes, well. Winona Ryder. Um, I really, first of all, Oldman's performance is just fantastic it's mesmerizing and when he crawls what does he crawl across the ceiling or something yeah that i just jumped back like whoa all of a sudden the movie just it got supernatural when i wasn't expecting it and even though i'm not a a fan of like pumpkin heads the legend of dracula (laughs) dracula is just one of those things it's like oh that just worked and that one to me worked so i'm guessing you guys don't like the two probably the two biggest franchises when i was a kid um friday the 13th, 13th yeah you didn't like it uh, i mean the first one might have been okay but after a while it's like you know why are you going back to this camp well, <laughs> well they didn't know thank you and the thank other you. the first one was fantastic after that hit or miss nightmare on elm street yep i love that okay. i loved it because it had it played with the fact that this was happening in their dreams and yeah. that it was coming into fruition and because of that, if you if you set up the right storyline and write guidelines for your world, uh, the audience will buy in. But then if you go and break those break those guidelines, we're out. So in that first one, I think they did a good job of setting up the parameters for Freddy and then um, working within those parameters. How about Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Go that on. one was somebody told me that was based on reality. Yeah. Man. That oh, yeah. freaked me out. I thought that was a good one. The original. Yeah. Good oh, one. yeah. With Leatherface. Uh, 
I don't know if that was based on reality as much, but I was in Texas when that came out. And the, the what, what was the guy who made it? Toby. Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper wow. said he was in a Montgomery he, 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 war. He made it right after Terms of Endearment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> it was he, a uh, sequel. He was in <laughs> He was in a Montgomery Ward league, right? Remember those old department stores? Yes. It was around Christmas or something, and and it was a huge crowd, and he got shoved up and found himself in the hardware section of the store in a wall of chainsaws and thought, wouldn't it be great to grab one of those and cut my way out so I can get back outside? And that, I think, was the basis of the movie. Well, some of it's based... When I I say uh, someone told me that that was based in reality, I mean, one of my brothers told me that before we saw the movie. Right. And it made it better for me. Freaked me out. Yeah, And and that guy lives next door now. That's the thing brothers tell you. He's he's on your paper route, so watch out. You're like, what? I believe Leatherface, though, is based on Ed Gein, who has had numerous... uh, Psycho is based on Ed Gein and Silence of the Lambs, which is the whole... Ed Gein was a really real person who wanted to do wear skin so oh the silence of the lamb is that a horror film uh suspense that is just one of the thriller one of the best movies ever though easily the best it puts the lotion in the basket (laughs) what about manhunter oh Oh. i I actually prefer manhunter always missed that one me too william peterson it's great tom noonan excellent movie um so you know the thing i think about uh, nightmare on elm street that really uh really affected me is is we all have nightmares and we all know we have to fall asleep. So it's almost like invasion of the body snatchers where the only way to save yourself is not fall asleep. It's like, well, there's no way that's happening. So (laughs) I hope I'm not the dude who doesn't wake up with my chest getting stabbed to pieces, but yeah, you tape your eyes open that night. Oh yeah. One of the best movies I I thought that, that had that power of scaring and and involves my brother was uh, Poltergeist. I remember seeing that oh, yeah. at the yep. uh, at the Shores Madrid, just across the street from Roy O'Brien, by the way. And um, and when uh, we were all freaked out, we we're all scared. It had that supernatural thing where you're like, "What's happening?" And then the guy peels his face off, but he doesn't really peel his face off. And so now, is it psychological? Are there really demons there? Mm-hmm. Is the little dwarf woman, uh, or the little little person, a good person or a bad person? But right. By the time that clown comes out from under the bed and wraps his arm around the little boy, my brother just got up and goes, let's go. Let's get out of here. And he starts running for the exit. To me, that's the hallmark of a good horror movie. If you can scare the shit out of little boys, you got something. What about Jaws? Do you consider Jaws horror, Lee? That, that one's a very suspenseful film, but not a horror film. Because, uh, because all of that was based in some kind of reality. And now that we know how that was made and why they hinted to the shark so much but never showed it, makes the movie even better. But the anticipatory way that that film was made was 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 magic. Mm-hmm. Robert Shaw was great in that man. He had a he had a whole series of movies in the seventies where he played sort of a salty seaman that were great, like uh, The Deep and uh, and Jaws. And he was he was great. And of course, Shaw knows him because. Uh, because he killed James Bond at the beginning of um, From Russia with Love, but it wasn't really James yeah. Bond. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 12 year old for a second. Yeah. Uh, he just said salty semen. <laughs> I, I saw Mark over there, and I'm like, I, I know gross. this is. You guys heard that? Everybody heard it, and act like it didn't happen. Oh, but no, we all I'm knew that guy. We all knew what he was talking about. I, I, <laughs> I, I have a feeling that one will come back to haunt me. But, uh, but uh, well, you said it. <laughs> but it's like the, when I was at Channel Four, and there was a guy who um, who uh, he uh, he he somehow cleared out a Chrysler plant because he said. 
he sent some threats in and, and I can't remember what the term was. It was something like he, he choked out somebody or he, he rubbed out somebody. I was like, oh shit, I know I'm going to be on the Drew and Mike show tomorrow with yeah, that. Or beat off someone. <laughs> beat off, that was it. Yeah, they, he beat off the attacker. So it was, it was me and Chelios on the <laughs> Drew and Mike show attacker. for about a week. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, can you even bring charges? Is that, you know, is that like, uh, is that a happy ending or is that an assault? I guess, Phrasing matters. I guess it depends. Well, it depends on how you define charges. I think that's 10 bucks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it depends. How far on Mac are you? You know, are you closer to grass or are you closer to my house? Because the prices go up the closer you get. Not that I know. I mean, I heard. I heard <laughs> it's in books. That's right. You read it somewhere. Well, I heard that somewhere. Lee, I, I, you know, now that we've reached the level of sophistication, I didn't think it was possible on this show. I, I hate to, I, I hate to let you go on that note. But uh, what do you, what, what do you tell us? What people should be looking for? What you're up to, and where we can get some more of your sage advice on these movies, uh, with or without Jeff Daniels in them. Because I think that guy, he <laughs> disappeared. Uh, I'm at, I'm at uh, Critically Movies on Facebook. I post all my shows there, all my reviews there. Everything that's on Fox 2 and not on Fox 2 is where I throw it. And Critically Movies on um, YouTube as well. But of course, all you have to do is tune in the dial. I'm still there Fridays at 6.30 for Critically Speaking. And the show re-airs Saturday mornings at 9.30 a.m. 6.30 p.m., 9.30 a.m. So I'm gone, but Lee is still there. He's not just the last man standing in Detroit on this. He's the best man standing. So, Lee, thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. So I appreciate you having me. I appreciate the time, us. guys. Oh, no, we want to have you back. we got to yeah. find another occasion to get you on talking about a certain genre because that's going to be terrific. <laughs> Anytime, fellas. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you, Thanks, Lee. Lee. All righty. All guests appearing on ML Solo Detroit receive a 12-pack of Altus Lager. Oh, he loves beer. Unfortunately, unlike Janice Winfrey... I know that Lee Thomas is going to accept that twelve pack of Altus Lager, so I'm going to have to I'm going to have to deliver that. One. But, uh, but yeah, what, he's what, great. What a great he's he's he, you know and you know what you know so obviously uh, we see people and we think we know things about people, but I'll just tell you I've known Lee a while. He is a genuinely oh yeah awesome guy yeah. and 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 just terrific at what he does. He's one of those guys you can take what he says to the bank, and I love the way when he breaks down movies that. Um, he cannot like a movie, but based on what he's said, you can say, I understand why Lee didn't like that, but based on what he said, I think I would like that, and I'm going to go see it anyways. And that's, that's really, that's a talent. And uh, from what I understand, Dean, Gene Siskel was a dick. Yeah. But Roger Ebert was an awesome dude. And anybody, any film critic who thinks they can give advice to Michael Jordan rants and raves behind the Bulls bench, it's like, come on, Siskel. Who's the old Free Press uh, movie reviewer that was there for a long time? Is it Lawson? Terry Lawson? Terry Lawson. Yeah, yeah. yeah I understand yeah. he was not a charming individual by any means. Yeah, he, uh, he was not a fan of uh, Drew and Mike. Yeah, he also was a free rider who decided he wanted to exercise his union rights when he got his uh, shit in a in a trap. But uh, we'll keep that for another story. But he he uh, yelled at us during a movie screening. Why? What did he do? What did he say? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't have the right to yell at us, but uh, it was the Greg Kinnear movie about Bob Crane. Um, uh, remember Bob Crane from Hogan's Heroes? Speaking of autofocus. Autofocus, great movie. Also featured Salty Seaman. <laughs> exactly. And so there might have been some chuckling and, and commenting along with ourselves, and he just got very mad. Some of us are trying to work here! Yeah. Well, to which uh, the reply was, so are we! <laughs> I don't know. Take I, that, Lawson. Thumbs down. Sure hey, hey, Mark, I have a quick question for you. Sure. you Mike was paying attention when Lee made the point about how his... Opinion is not the end-all, be-all, and he didn't want to come across that way? 
Uh, well, that's Lee's opinion, not, yeah, not yeah, if, if Lee had no, my opinion, I, I know, he'd be but wrong. I just wondered if Mike took note of that. I because I, I I'm not in the studio, Mark, so I was curious what you saw from your vantage point. <laughs> uh, I think he was just thinking about his next story. Mm-hmm. My my my, uh, my reaction to that was uh, <laughs> was the dude's reaction when Jackie Treehorn said that the brain was the biggest sexual organ in the body. I was like, uh, well, that's your opinion, man. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, the great Ben Gazar. Uh, hey, if you own or work at a company that needs marketing materials, it's time to listen up. The newest sponsor of Detroit's uh, newest podcast. Wait a minute. How old is this thing? Uh, Sir Speedy <laughs> signs print. Uh, Sir Speedy print signs you marketing. You need to print out a new, uh, a new read. We, we've, we've, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm materially challenged here. You know why? Because I didn't why? have this printed at Sir Speedy print signs and marketing in Harper Woods, Troy, and Novi. Whatever you need when it comes to marketing materials, Sir Speedy has you covered. And especially now when you're trying to let people know what your new hours are or if you're trying to put some signage up that says, you know, keep a distance between yourself and the next person. If you're trying to help make your company more productive, more appealing and safer, they have you covered. Brochures, signage, direct mail campaigns, promotional products. A lot of people out there want to get their business more attention and make it more professional and, and let people know that you're really good at what you do. But you don't know how to do that stuff because it's not as easy to think. At Sir Speedy, they can do it all. They have a full creative staff that can help you design whatever you need. So if you're a company that's just starting and need to get your marketing going, or you're a company that needs to take your marketing materials to the next level, call my friends at Sir Speedy. It's 586-777-7500. That's 586-777-7500. Or visit their website, sirspeedydetroit.com, to get your marketing project going today. If you call them for a quote, tell them that ML sent you, and we'll try and get you a free Kwame Sutra. But please, give them a call. Let them know that you, you heard about them on the show and that you got a project that you want to put them to work on because they will help you look like a pro. Anything else you want to tell us about before we debate? Uh, well, I have my favorite butcher shop. If, if you Please have do. Minute. Yeah, I'd love to hear about it's it. Where pl- is it? What is it? Well, I have the, no idea. I was gonna, what do they sell? I was going to tell you, but you, you guys kept interrupting. But uh, it's it's the place to go for prime meats. It's a butcher on Orchard Lake Road. It's just west of Middle Belt. <laughs> go in and spend some dough and let them know ML sent you, and they will lavish you with amazing gifts and uh, frankincense, uh, myrrh, um, beef. Uh, one pound of free beef. Uh, no, not beef. One pound of free breakfast sausage or bacon with any purchase. If you tell them that ML sent you, their sausage is made in house from scratch. Chef Dave is the man. Occasionally, Mr. Jennings, who's good at history and better at sausage, helps out. Go to the butcherysl.com to see all their amazing selections. Follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to see what Chef Dave is carving up daily. If you want to call ahead, uh, sure, why not? 248-682-COWS. That's 248-682-COWS. That's their number. They even have small private cooking class with Chef Dave and Chef Julie. Check them out. It's worth the drive, I promise you. Make sure you tell them ML sent you so you can get your uh, your free stuff. And they now ship the USDA Prime and American Wagyu beef nationwide. So if you can't get there... They can get to you. The butchery sl.com. Great people, great food, good times. Get there now. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. Ray Nut, Ray Tell, Ray Nut, Ray Tell, Ray Nut Infinity, Ray Tell Infinity, plus one. No. 
So I was telling uh, my wife, Michigan journalist, Leo Trezabalis, today that um, this weather sucks. It's, yeah. It's cold. It's wet. It's rainy. It's been like this for a while. And she said, Saturday was beautiful, except for that <laughs> shitty football game. And I said, yeah, Minnesota really blew it. But she was referring to the Spartans, but okay. But, but I'm, I'm joined by a guy who expected Minnesota to roll over the, uh, the uh, blue and gold. And a guy who, gold. well, what is it? Maze. Corn? Oh, yes, yes. It, urine-colored uh, uh, something on that. Yeah, whatever out. makes you happy. But, uh, I yes, didn't expect uh, him to roll. I expected Minnesota to beat Michigan. Right, but then the other guy on the line here, Mr. Windsor, expects Michigan to go 7-1. and one. I, I, I guess he's figuring that one is going to come somewhere else. But, uh, but I, I, the debate I got to ask as we prepare for the annual Michigan-Michigan State tilt is, is Michigan for real and is Michigan State Really, what we saw is is Mel Tucker, John Mel Smith the second. <laughs> I'll let the pro go first. What do you think, Sean? I'm no pro. I'm no pro. I don't know. They they didn't look. Um, I mean, it is an insult to say they they weren't ready to play. I mean, obviously they were, but uh, one of the Michigan State players said afterwards that the thing that bothered him the most was that Rutgers seemed to want it more and play harder from the from the beginning, and that's. I think was what was a little bit disconcerting, right? You know, the turnovers are not going to turn the ball over seven times, whatever they were sloppy. Um, There are a lot of excuses, but Greg Schiano, records coach was under more or less the same circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. New team, couldn't practice the last spring because of pandemic, like everybody else had to install a new system in a very short amount of time. And uh, his team looked fine, but it, it was just that competitive kind of spirit that wasn't there and that's a little worrisome not, uh, to me if you're a spartan fan i don't think they're going to be as bad as all you sparties are freaking out like like sean just said seven i still got i'm going seven and one now <laughs> of course you do um seven turnovers they did out gain rutgers it's just one of those weird games that being said i think it might take a little longer than anybody would hope quarterback looked good i mean except for well, why did the they ball throw too the, long why did they throw the ball more I felt like that they, was a little disconcerting too, right? They were stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. When the receivers don't run the routes, that's got you got to have a little less confidence there, right? There were a couple picks where he threw it, I think, where it was supposed to go, and the receiver looks back and says, "Oh, left, not right." Yeah, that's mine. So well, they, those are like read situations where it's up to yeah. the player as the play is unfolding to see where the defense is, and they go one way or the other. They wrap all that out in practice, but uh, I, you know, there was a little bit of stubbornness too. You're right. It's just one game. It's hard to know. Mel Tucker just has one year of head coaching experience, so it's hard to know what he was at Colorado. What was he, five and seven? Yeah. Um, People rave about him, but I would worry about that, that aspect. Yeah, I mean, Colorado had struggled before he got there. Obviously, that's why he was there. But um, so I I don't know. I don't want to be one of these folks that say, you know, it's just. It's just one game. It reminded me a little bit of Patricia's debut, you know, when, oh, when the shit. Lions played the Jets. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> don't bring his name up. What are you talking about? Bring, don't bring well, him anywhere other, near my look, Spartans. On the other hand, he did come in late. Antonio announced late. So you know, that that time uh, lost in the spring or let, late winter let me I ask, think was important. Let but, me ask ML this question. Does it hurt you to see how good Cincinnati and Luke Fickle are doing? Luke Fickle can can consume my salty semen. I don't care about Luke Fickle. Do you understand? Yeah, but that, he was already there, though, right? I mean, sure. So he had a program. Sure, but that was the guy who was going to 
you know, come to Michigan State. No, he got beat. But he got twice beat twice by Memphis. He was not the answer. Well, I'm just okay. I just looking at the way the team has performed. I think he made the right decision. Wrong. No. Okay. No. No. There's a talent deficit too, right? Yes. I mean, can we say that? I hate to say that about kids, but they're just not quite as gifted as they they were under uh, D'Antonio's during his best seasons, his best years. The recruiting had slipped a little. And regarding talent, I take back what I said to you, Sean, because I felt like Michigan didn't have the talent depth, especially on offense. They proved me entirely wrong, even though they were going against a very weak uh, Minnesota defense. Um, I, I think Michigan's a lot better than I thought they were. As ML just what, do you, crunches, what, do you, what do you think, Mike? I mean, uh, crunches away on a carrot. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a carrot. No, the Michigan, Michigan's I'm, bite, I'm biting down on. I'm biting down on that tooth I have that releases the death potion. You, you know, know what I, they have Mark. Uh, I watched that game. Joe Milton, the quarterback, yeah, gives him gives Harbaugh the kind of player he he really hasn't had in his tenure, at least at Michigan. And uh, we'll see what he does as the defenses get better, but he's certainly got a lot of potential. So he's new. And then I think the speed level, the speed and skill level is as good as it's been um, since the first year or two when he had all those NFL guys running around, you know? I would, I would agree with that. It's, um, I don't know. I was, I was surprised, happily surprised. So I, I don't think Michigan's that good, but I thought Minnesota was pretty good, and I have to reassess everything because after that game – so here, here's how it works um, – in Spartanland, oh, and I don't think great. this is a mystery to anybody. Another lesson: when Michigan State loses, all you have to left forward to look forward to to salvage your week and to see Michigan get completely waxed by anybody, Appalachian State, you name it, doesn't matter. And and they stormed Minnesota. I mean, they just rolled those Gophers. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, I know Michigan State's got a better game in it than what we saw in Spartan stadium, but I don't think they're going to dial it up that fast. I don't think they're going to fix the problems that quickly to go into Ann Arbor and play the team that did that to Minnesota, because I think Minnesota's better than Michigan state was, and they look like dog shit at home. And I got to believe one of the reasons why is because Michigan is better than I thought. And I also think that when you watch some of these games and I haven't watched any college football before last weekend, a lot of these games are going to come down to who makes fewer mistakes because nobody's getting the reps in. Nobody's had the sessions. They need to be completely prepared. And so sloppy, less disciplined teams come in at a massive disadvantage. And at least in Michigan, Jim Harbaugh has been mismanaging that program long enough, enough that everybody knows the playbook. Whereas nice in East Lansing, our guys' playbook, they just got it. Well, Michigan's playbook really is in its second year with Gaddis. So... It is all this kind of little silliness. Harbaugh bought it, brought them all there. He, they're all his guys. They all know what to expect. They all know what to do. There's a familiarity there. If you come in as a new coach, you know, you're at a, a, a huge competitive disadvantage. And of course that applies to Greg Schiano too. So it doesn't let the Spartans off the hook, but they just look like crap. And I'm, no, I'm very so concerned about Saturday. Uh, are we, are we going to go back to where we were? I mean, right. You're going to walk around with your chefs, Chest puffed out, Mark, knowing that uh, Michigan State is securely kind of in the in, in the pocket. They might they might sneak up on you once every five years or so, like it was for so long. I, I, we don't look in the rearview mirror. We look forward. We're still trying to beat Ohio State. We're trying still trying to get rid of that that monkey off the back. But you but you feel like you got State kind of back where they belong a little bit. I mean, is that is that how you feel as a Michigan guy? Um, sure. 
<laughs> I know I know people get mad, but I think the focus is always on the other team, which drives people nuts. No, but the, but that I, I don't agree with that, man. Because when you were losing to state, that bothered you more than losing to Ohio State. That's you salt think in the wound. Listen to the, your neighbors all year long. That's you know? that's salt in the wound. But yeah, I, I I do kind of that game. Things do adjust with how I think Michigan's going to do now. Um, Penn State doesn't look so scary anymore. Wisconsin's going to have 15 quarterbacks out due to COVID by the time they play Michigan because they have to take 21 days off and the 20, 20th day would be the Michigan game. So that's an advantage for you. need a lot of luck to do well in college football, and so far all those things are lining up. So who knows? Gary Moeller, you remember the former yeah. coach, once said that Michigan fans and alums don't want to hear it, but it's it's more fun to beat Ohio State than Michigan State. But it's a lot less fun to lose to Michigan State than Ohio State. It's more painful to lose to State than Ohio State. I, I think that's probably true. Hmm. Well, I have low expectations for this Saturday, but to answer your question, Sean, welcome to East Lansing next year, bitches. <laughs> really? Okay, great. <laughs> oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? Well, uh, your old buddy ML Elric has a confession to make. And yes, I did refer to myself in the third person. That's the way it is around here. You may not be aware of this, but my Kilpatrick royalties don't kick in until the eighth mention of any combination of the words Kwame, Kilpatrick, or Pulitzer. So my financial future is looking pretty sweet. If you'd like a similar arrangement, you can get your own damn Pulitzer or maybe call Luke Nowacki with Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. He can help you find a way to provide for your retirement future that he may or may not involve reading through Meryl Sext messages at the Anchor Bar. <laughs> That's right. It may or may not involve reading through Meryl Sext Sext hey, oral, yeah. mm-hmm. messages at the Anchor Bar. A uh, salty semen <laughs> Is this a read? reference. Uh, call Luke at 248-663-4748 because when you call Luke Nowacki, he will make sure it's all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRAS.GC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. So that Salty Seaman, um, Robert Shaw, was great as Quint in Jaws. And he was great in the deep, but here's what you got that you in the deep that you did not get in Jaws. Jacqueline Bissett in a bathing mm. suit. So I'll take it. Something 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 to think about. So anyways, is she I, I, still alive today? Uh she is. She's probably not in a you're bathing so stu- suit. You're if so stuck in the seventies and eighties. If she's Crazy. if she's wearing any sort of one piece thing, it's uh it's like a body diaper or something, but very oh, that's very classy. Sophisticated woman. So we are up to our geek of the week. And uh, I, I don't know, Sean. Would you would you care to start us off to inaugurate this week's geek of the week? I have uh, proceedings. A couple of a couple of people. One is me for uh, you know not wanting to participate anymore in the geek of the week because <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a geek and I'm uh, you know I have a lot of flaws and I don't want to pass judgment on anybody else. So that's one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Uh, I see the, you got over lo- it very quickly. Yeah, 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 I'm just gonna go. I don't. It's, again, it's 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 my people, or what I used to think of as my people. It's it's the left who are okay with the new Supreme Court judge just because they think she's cute. Is that a lot of people? Where did I see that? I haven't seen that story anywhere. 
No, there's there's a few people out there. It's a secret sort of thing. You know, it's what it all comes down to, right? Always. Uh, what What do you mean? Because she's a woman? No, no. Because if you think somebody's handsome, then it doesn't. Then nothing else matters. Like with Elric, he's handsome, so he can get away with referring to himself in the third person. Say, hmm. Wow. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I don't know about that, but uh, thank you. And I'm glad that you're keeping your distance. <laughs> fella. <laughs> my, my nominee is going to be the um, famous, this is in quotes, famous North Carolina preacher who uh, urinated on the plane from Vegas to Detroit on the woman. I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story, but what really makes it funny today is. It was in the, in the P-Fress. I mean, the free press. We had that story. I believe. It's gonna okay, be- can I change my geek of the week? I, I, that? I'm just going to let that one sit there for a while. The, the, the pee fress. It's a pig Latin joke. No, we got it. Oh. We all understood it. it I, is it too early for the bad joke segment? Am I, <laughs> am I, am I, am I no, stealing Matt's, Matt's stuff Matt's now? on deck. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Uh, but, but Will Graham, who is the great grandson of Billy Graham, who is from North Carolina, had to actually come out and say, it was not me who urinated on a plane on a passenger. So I just, I just makes me chuckle that it's to the point where people have to deny that it's them. So what a big head on him thinking that he's the only North Carolina preacher. Take it easy. Really. I know there's a lot down there. Isn't there? I, I would assume. Yeah, preachers in North Carolina, Carolina. Holy smokes. That's all they got. Yeah. Don't have enough people go to the churches. They got so many damn preachers down there. In North so Carolina. I'm sure our choice is lost. So who was the geek of the week? Well, um, to, uh, to, uh, slow this dance down a little bit. We have an election a week from today, and there are a lot of people who are not talking to each other these days, who are unfriending each other, who are mad at each other, who are pulling signs out of each other's lawns, who are giving each other the stink eye because it turns out, you know, they're this and they're that, or you believe in this, you believe in that, or you're mad about this. So if you're one of those people who is willing to set aside friendships, familial relationships, and just cordiality because somebody supports one old guy over a different old guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got another week to let that bile, to let that poison percolate inside your guts. But as of next Tuesday or next month, whenever we know the results of selection, if you're still shitty with people because of who they supported for whatever office or whatever position they hold, you're not just my geek of the week. You're my geek of the week plus one day. That's eight <laughs> days. That's a long time. <laughs> So that's how it is. Amen. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too no. soft. I'm going to pretend like you need to just make my dick go soft. In one week, the presidential race will be history. And in 10 years from now, there'll be a funny joke in there somewhere. But right now, all we have to work with is the current past which is not a contradiction in terms like Jumbo Shrimp or <laughs> Hey Big Little Man or Little Big Man or whatever. Um, and if you think that's not funny, just wait till you meet our next guest, <laughs> Professor <laughs> Matthew Xavier Jennings. Uh, sir, he has a PhD in fake history. He's the that's right. adjunct professor of nothing you'll ever be tested on other than your Extremely patience. Extremely adjunct. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, give us some of that, that junk. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to print it out. What? Um, it, well, I printed it out, and then uh, I realized I made some big uh, errors. But was was this a surprise just... that you were going to have to do this today, and you're just, uh, you're just getting around to it now? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the uh, <laughs> isn't that the definition definition of a junk? Uh, Matt, can I can I make a recommendation to you for next week? Yeah, uh, my my friends at uh, SirSpeedyDetroit.com they have everything you need for your printing needs, like printing. That's one of the things they oh, do. Oh my god! Well, while All we're right. while we're waiting for it to print out, uh, can you maybe I, you know I've been thinking about refinancing ML. Can, is there anybody you could recommend for that? Uh, you should do it now because by the time really? Matt's ready, those rates could increase uh, precipitously. <laughs> well, but but uh, but the uh, Hall Financial, <laughs> boy, I'll tell you what, they're working around the clock to get you a good deal. And when I say a good deal, I mean a better deal than you got right now because it's a great time to look at your options. Re- you know, mortgage rates have been down for quite a while, but not like they are now. If you haven't refinanced in the last year, Hall Financial is here to help. In fact, I'm due to talk to them in December, and I'm looking forward to them beating the great rate they gave me the last time I did a deal with them. So if you if you uh, want to lower your monthly payments and keep some extra money in your pocket, maybe you want to skip a couple payments, that's perfectly legal. It's not going to get you in trouble. It's because when you refinance, oh there's, a little, there's a little transition period, and you can, you can keep some money in your pocket. And then when you start paying out again, you'll be paying out less because you got a better deal. So why not see if you can save some money or cut your term? Give them a call. Talk to my man, Dan, Dan Morrison, Hall Financial. Their business is fastest in the business, and that's why they have so many five-star reviews that other people like us who ask for five-star reviews are uh, insanely jealous. So go to our webpage and click on the logo for them to get started or call 248-308-5000. That was good grammar. Click on the, the logo for them, for thems, I think it is. Call 248-308-5000. You will save bigly. Hall Financial, lower payments, better options, more personal attention, and MLS 1467435. And uh, we are grateful for Hall Financial support. Listen, folks, when you call anybody who uh, we support, it's because we think that they are reputable. If they're not, you'll let us know. We'll blow them up. But uh, let them know that you heard about them from our show because if they don't think they're reaching you, then they will reach us and say, we're done. And then when they're done, we're done. And then, uh, then we're all history. And that's a hard what a history. segue. Beautiful segue. That's a hard hit. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dire message I have to deliver. Is it done printing, Matt? Yeah, yeah. And I apologize because I actually had my original copy, but I had a bunch of marks I was marking out. And then I've been yeah. trying to print it for the last 15 minutes. And mm. now three of them are printing right now. So Great. Don't, don't you just have like that little bird in the stone cage like Fred and Wilma? Isn't that what you use normally? <laughs> Okay. In 1971, the British House of Commons voted in favor of joining the European Economic Community as long as they agreed to keep the men wearing Adidas track pants and leather sandals in Europe. That's wow, the, I love that delay. That's, you're sure that's the English, it's not the French? No, yeah. Well, it could have been the French. Or the Germans. Do they have, do they have socks with those sandals? Yes. In Albania, they... Put two pairs of socks on. Don't, don't mess with the Albanians, dude. Oh, sorry. Okay. okay. I love their Rocky. Uh, which one? Is that the one with uh, the one with Clubber Lang? Or is that Rocky 3? No, that's no, Rocky 2, like, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's Rocky 3. <laughs> you know what I feel sorry for your wife? She's a real man. Best Rocky <laughs> of all times. Anything with Mr. T, you can't go wrong. Yeah. All right, that's a good horror movie. In 88, Debbie Gibson held a seance at her Halloween party in her home to contact the spirits of Liberace and Sid Vicious. The seance didn't work because Sid Vicious wouldn't be caught dead with Liberace. Is that the joke? Yeah. (laughs) 
did, did Debbie Gibson really have this seance? I mean, that's that's. I found that online. I didn't make it up. Did, Mark, didn't you go to college with Debbie Gibson? Huh? I thought she was a, a Wolverine. Really? Yeah. That's I believe, news to me. I, be, I believe Debbie Gibson did go to college at, at the University of Michigan. She's a little older than me. And, and yeah, now, I was say, I and think now she's, she's a little bit more... Now she's on the offensive line for Michigan State. That's not true, is it? I think it is. All right, I'm going to look it up. It'd be cool if it was Tiffany, but... Look it up, Marky. Look it up. Okay, while he's checking... Be more funny! Start... uh, start Yeah, good luck with that one, guys. Hitting him punchlines. In 2007, Roger Ebert sat down in an exclusive interview... Um, and one of the questions was, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? And Ebert cut her off at the end of the question and said, Jaws. You know, it's not funny, but I'm, but, you know, I get it. He was without a mandible at the end, but he was uh, yeah. quite, quite a mandible. He also lost a lot right. of weight, like Jonah, what's his name? But uh, uh, Hill. <laughs> Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. That's right. So. Okay. Yeah, I know he was in a, the movie Thinner, I think. Yikes. That was a bad joke. Damn it. That's okay. The, the next one's going to be great. Yeah, the next one's going to be awesome. In 2008, former Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick hey! was sentenced to four months, four months in jail. Of course, we all know he received a few more years added after that. And I think the most, fan- the most fascinating thing about that case uh, was uh, the fact that the Kilpatrick family just this year tried to lobby to get him released uh, due to the COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, But the decision was uh, quickly overruled when new damning evidence was submitted against Kwame by Takashi 69. God, it's a horrible, horrible piece. My life. (laughs) Uh, That's not funny. uh, I know. So funny. I forgot to laugh. (laughs) Well, um, if, uh, if president Trump, um, is handing out clemency. We will see, Matt, if he can pardon you for that last uh, that last joke. But we, yes, great day in history. Thank you. Again. So Now that Matt is done revising history, we have some non-new wave bands who are doing some revisionist new wave cover tunes. They're basically taking hits you knew from great new wave bands and putting their own stamp on them like like every great cover band does. And this week, giving us kind of a Halloween feel, is Dope covering Dead or Alive's You Spin Me Right Round Like a Record Baby.
Dope. Uh, Mar- uh, Sean, would you say that was dope? I, I did like it. I'm with Mark. Cool. But then I'm usually with Mark, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, what, almost what, always almost always with Mark, actually. Anything heavy like that is good. What did you like best about it? It had a danceable beat. It was uh, it, 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 it subtle undertones of... Do, uh, do, you, really, uh, do you really want uh, to know the answer? It had some edge with the guitar, you know? Yeah. Which we don't normally hear on this show. Uh, well, also- not only that, but if you if you listen to the the time signature, it's that straight, steady four on four, which is the easiest way to groove and dance. I don't one, even know what that two, means. Three, four. Uh, I don't know. Boom, so, boom, boom, boom. That's so Damn way it. over my head. Masterclass. Okay. Uh, what uh, did you like it better than the original? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but I like Triumph better than both. So. <laughs> such a liar every minute every day um so that is uh dope with uh dead or lives you spin me right around it's uh the last selection for october and october was new wave covers by non-new wave bands we have had so many nominations from you guys this has been staggering how many great uh nominations came to us that we are going to continue into November and Herbert, we want to thank you for turning us on to dope. Um, here's some of the, here's some of the, the gems you may be hearing in the next month. Uh, you may be hearing from the Eagles of death metal. Oh, you could great. be hearing from Laszlo Bay, nice. the get up kids, um, orgy, uh, Sturgill Simpson. Oh, wow. Um, save it for later, uh, covered by Pete Townsend and David Gilmore, which would be Pretty, pretty Pearl Jam's cool. done a good cover of that. Too. Oh, have they? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marilyn Manson. If we do some Marilyn Manson covers, I have a great Marilyn Manson story that I'll I'll uh, I'll favor you all with. Um, and uh, and and I don't know if we're going to get to it, but uh, we may we may have to go into December. But Kirsten Dunst really covers. Well, I won't say what she covers. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to. Uh, I know she covered Spider-Man with the pretty... <laughs> I didn't know she was pretty <laughs> hot thing. By the way, I've been looking up Debbie Gibson since we're kind of talking about music. I cannot find anything about her going to the University of Michigan. Really? Yeah, I don't know where this came from. What, was she, was she Did Electric she, Youth? What was her thing? Yeah, that's her. I'm pretty sure. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. We're gonna, di- we're, I don't know why, but I'm dying to know the answer to this. Okay, I'll have to find it. I, I'm sure. I'm sure she did at some point. Uh, at any rate, um, you can send us your nominations and your feedback. We like to hear back from you at uh, mlsoulofdetroit at gmail dot com. In theory, you'll call us at three one three two eight eight nine zero seven zero. That's Butterfield eight nine zero seven zero. We would love to have some voicemails to play on the show, but we can't play them if you don't 
make them. So please give us a call. And uh, we have some really cool new merchandise coming up, some long sleeve t-shirts, some hoodies, and some, some winter hats. So keep an eye on our website as those become in stock. We will make those available. In the meantime, there's lots of cool stuff that folks can find where, Mr. Fellhauer? Uh, DrewandMikeStore.com. I, think, I believe it's back up. It was down for a while. Oh, no. But now it should be back up. Some of oh, those wow. things are, are discounted, price to move. So uh, they were a bargain before, now even more so. And if you would like to just say, you know what? Why would I want any of your swag when I can just straight up give you money like our our good friend Kristen does on a regular basis? Uh, we are very grateful to oh, her. Yeah. Thank you, Kristen. Um, how do other cheapskates get in on the game not not she's not cheapskate she's very generous but how does some of these skint flints uh change their ways <laughs> mlsoladetroit.com little donate button up there too and you know what i was on there yesterday i realized that all the episodes weren't on there so i did fix that so all the past episodes are on there if you can't find them anywhere else you at know, the very least it's funny you say it because i've been exchanging some emails with a former neighbor and a former student of mine uh, ben Blackwell, he's the drummer for the Dirt Bombs. He uh, helps run Third Man Records. He's Jack White's oh, nephew. Wow. And he and I were talking about some stuff that happened in the neighborhood 20 years ago. And I, I wanted to, he's in Nashville now mm-hmm. where uh, Third Man is based. And I wanted to send him some links to our Kilpatrick episodes, the one with uh, Mike uh, Bellotta, the prosecutor mm-hmm. uh, who put Kilpatrick away. And then Daniel Ferguson, the brother-in-law who has been, um, uh, was a great guest <laughs> and I could not find them on the website, mlsoulofdetroit.com. You tell me they're there now. That's great. That's yep. what I want to do. So check out some of those great episodes. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to sit in on this show, I know to those of you who watch and listen, it seems like a Swiss watch. It's, it's, there's no mistakes. It's flawless. Well, it doesn't just happen folks. That's, <laughs> that's because of our, our meticulous pregame preparation and uh, our post-game, post-mortem. If you want to participate in that, if you want to be a fly in the wall for that, if you want to dial in on Zoom, all you got to do is make a purchase, uh, let's say around 50 bucks from Manscaped. That's manscaped.com. This morning I used their shampoo and body wash, which Sean considers strictly yeah. body wash. Um, but uh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, and uh, and it's it's uh, they have some really cool stuff on there. Buy it, send us a copy of your receipt, you know, the email, whatever it is. You can send it to mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. And we will we will invite you into the green room for a future episode. Uh, this will help us keep them as a sponsor. It will help keep you smelling nice and fresh. And those unwanted hairs will not be there. When you go in there, you got to use promo code ML. That's the key, promo code ML. And... Um, and I think we were going to talk about our favorite Halloween costumes. I mean, do, do we want to, do we still, do, does anybody have a favorite Halloween costume they want to throw out there before we, before we, uh, before we go into witness protection? Um, you know, what's funny. I have actually won in my youth costume contest. Thanks to my mom when I was really? a little, little kid. Yeah. I think I was an upside down man. I was a chest of drawers. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was a McDonald's cherry pie and those all won. Um, but recently, you know, I kind of got out of Halloween, but having kids again, I'm fully into it. Um, so I was, um, Charlotte was really into Rapunzel and Tangled the movie. So I, I was the horse from the movie where I carried her around on my shoulders all Halloween. Here's, I think I have a picture of it. So you were the front of the horse then. I, I had you yeah, pegged for the back end. See, there I am in my little horse head. Oh, very nice. And there I am carrying and her around. Anthony's, that's. Very nice. Perhaps ill-suited to be the back end of the horse from 
what I've seen on Grinder. What? I, just what you, not. Uh, what are you doing on Grinder? Matt sent me something. Well, my favorite one is two <laughs> years ago. I don't know if you can see a little video or if it's even playing. My inflatable. This is before these nice. were all super popular, but I was an inflatable pink unicorn. Whoa! Very in touch with my uh, cool. my pink unicorn sign. And did she know that was you? Oh, she did. Yeah, she was very surprised, but they they loved it. She look. I mean, she's a very yeah. happy little girl. Look so. at her. She's dancing. That's yeah. pretty good. I I Aww. do. You still have that? Oh yeah. I think I'm gonna wear it the. I'm gonna wear it this year because I don't have another costume this year. Okay. So. Yeah. Now, just a word uh, for advice from a friend. If you are parking your white van by an ice cream store, don't wear that. That would be bad. But otherwise, very cool. <laughs> that's for the kids. Very cool. I know. That's you creep. Yeah. That's that's what the guy in the white van says without the windows. In the well, what about my the- members only jacket? Uh, they're coming back. Not anytime soon, but don't get rid of that yet. The irony lives. Sean, your favorite Halloween costume or your most notorious Halloween costume? I just, you know, whatever the plastic masks were. You're talking about when I was when we were kids. That's Whenever, I, I mean, I, I see you have your Martin Van Buren costume on today. <laughs> I, no, my favorite is probably the El Rickian. Oh, it's really? A, a, time, a little bit of stubble here, an earring that's 30 years out of date, and um, a bow tie. You know, a bow tie to call attention to yourself, and uh, and you know, then you just talk all day. Exactly. There you go. That's that's the El Rickian, and I think it, it works well. So now yeah. Luke Nowacki's writing your stuff. I'll have to speak to Luke. About <laughs> oh, good. It should be. My, should be. I, that's my favorite holiday is Halloween. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. I've been I've been uh, a zombie from the age of fifteen years old every year until around forty. But what about for Halloween? What were you? Yeah, I was going to say you've been a zombie. Since oh, about just normal. Just, you know, normal every day. <laughs> Uh, ML. So I, I'm I'm the king of the high concept. Uh, uh, of course you are. Uh, Halloween costume. So one year, I, I love it when someone has to explain their costumes. Yeah, one year I went as Ish from uh, from uh, Kingpin, and nobody knew who I was. I just had a <laughs> I had a, a a dark suit, a white shirt, uh, a hat, and uh, I carried around a bowling ball. And people were like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> then another year I was um, Hank Venture. Oh, yeah. But because people don't really know no the Venture knows. Brothers, people yeah. kept coming up to me and say, hey, Freddie from Scooby-Doo. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm Hank Venture. And they're like, okay. I'm hey, tell us about the story where you were at a costume party or what you thought you were in a costume nobody else was. That's, oh, that's, that's a great story. I, I want to hear that. That's the year I was Poe. That was that Alan Lengel had a Halloween yeah, party. Yeah, talk, talk about that. Yeah, because that's actually interesting. Costumes <laughs> optional, or I guess no costumes, and I came as Poe. And there was a woman in the uh, in the little buffet line, obviously pre-COVID, and she said, uh, that's a great costume. And I said, deadpan, like, what costume? And she just, she uh, kept her distance for the rest of the night, which happens to me <laughs> when I meet women when I'm not in costume. So it was a very typical evening for me. But I did later wear that Poe costume before the Bulldogs won their last championship, before every game I try and lighten the mood in the locker room by putting on some sort of... Do you still have it? Low grade skin. I do still have it, hmm. but uh, I didn't. I didn't wear it today. Um, hmm. And this year, my daughter got me a Cobra Kai uh, uh, headband, which I was going to wear oh. into the studio today, but I forgot because one year I went as a as a ninja. But that was uh, that's cultural yeah. appropriation. So, but no, yeah, no, it's Johnny Lawrence. I was uh, I was appropriating. You're appropriating his cultural appropriation. Bully Dick. Yeah, but just remember, yes. he's Greek. So <laughs> William Zabka. In real life. Yep. Isn't that was, Greek? I thought it was Polish. Oh, maybe. 
Well, all I know is he's got those track pants and sandals. Okay, this week in soft cultural uh, uh, references, uh, Matt Matt Jennings, everybody. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, anyways, have a happy and safe Halloween. I don't know if anybody's putting candy out or not. Uh, I think we're going to put some stuff in bags and throw it on a table and say, grab it and get out. But um, but we uh, we wish you a safe and happy Halloween. Please subscribe to the podcast. Facebook has given us all kinds of headaches, so if you want to keep up to date, please subscribe. Please share us, retweet, uh, repost, all that good stuff. Please rate us. We love to get your feedback, positive or negative. I think you know by now that we will share it all without uh, without fear or favor. And uh, if we could just ask you a small favor before we go, just just love the podcast for all its faults. Um, and uh, this week we're going to hit a milestone one and a half million downloads with this episode when it posts. So that's that's pretty cool. Wow. Um, Sean, what do you got going? You just came back from seeing the Lions. I, I think, are you going to be in Ann Arbor now? I, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, I'm going to go to that. And then the Lions, Colts, Sunday. So first weekend where I'll be at a college stadium and then at an NFL stadium back-to-back for the first time. And uh, it actually feels a little bit normal. Both wow. stadiums will obviously be empty with fan, uh, in terms of fans, but still – Okay. That should be fun. So you can find Sean's work at Freep.com. If you'd like to subscribe, we sure would appreciate it. It's $0.99 cents a month for the first three months. You're not going to be able to beat that. And next week, I want to give you a heads up. We will not be broadcasting on Tuesday because it's Election Day. We encourage you to vote. Please, we don't care who you vote for. I know a lot of people, and we've lost some friends because they think this show skews a little bit to the left. Uh, I guess we're all entitled to our own opinions. I think we try and keep it on the uh, – we try and insist on facts, and maybe if that makes us liberal, then so be it. But here's the deal. We want you to vote. We don't care who you vote for. you got to go out and vote. you got to do your part. you got to participate in this document, in this, in this democracy, because that's what makes America great, and we'll keep America great no matter who wins. We can fight over that next year. But please vote. We will not be recording on Tuesday because we'll be working and voting, but on Wednesday we will have a special post-election broadcast so please if you've been one of our friends who do dials in on facebook on tuesday please plan on doing that next wednesday which i believe is the fourth and in the meantime uh there's lots of other great listening here on the red shovel network there's charlie laduff's no bs news hour there's no filter sports with eli denny and bob and of course the drew and mike podcast every damn day you can't miss that one catch it uh if you can uh we are ML Soul of Detroit. We appreciate your time. Big thanks to our special guest, Lee Thomas. Catch him at Fox 2. Great guy. Outstanding at what he does. And, um, and I, think, I think that's it. I think it's time for us to welcome our friend Cyrus to usher us out. So, Cyrus. Can you dig that? Can you out. dig it? Can you dig it? What he's typed will be a window into his madness. Feeling fine. Wow, that's a relief. This is less encouraging. Hello! Uh, what do you think? All I need is a title. I was thinking along the lines of no TV and no beer make ML something something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! What? 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 What?